Hey there, followers, and welcome to my channel, Superstitions, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Alastair Murden. All across the globe, every culture has specific rituals and traditions said to keep people from harm. On this show, we explore superstitions to uncover why we maintain these beliefs and what happens if we defy them. Break out your buffer and pick your favorite polish, because today we're going to the salon. Around the world, the business of trimming one's nails is incredibly important, and if done wrong, fraught with danger. In England, nail technicians follow a rhyme that lays out when to get a manicure and when to stay away. If you break these rules, you'll leave the chair with far worse than a hangnail. Because the devil's forces will follow you all through the week. Today, we'll follow an ill-fated influencer in her quest for the perfect manicure. As she'll find, sometimes primping and pampering can have deadly consequences. You can find episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Coming up, a beauty becomes a beast. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Hi, babe. Sorry to call you on your cell, but the salon is going to voicemail. I'm having an absolute disaster of a day. My stupid assistant broke two nails completely off with his ridiculous Frankenstein hands, and I need new acrylics right away. I have a super important meeting tonight, like highlight of my career important. Claudia lowered her phone in disbelief as the voicemail ended. It was Sunday, her day for family and community. She was a patient, playful, older woman who loved her role as a neighborhood auntie. In fact, she was standing in line at the church potluck, doling out cold lemonade to the kids. And Dakota Hathaway, internet-famous beauty guru, was blowing up her phone again. Cursing internally, Claudia called the number back. But when she informed Dakota that the salon was closed, the influencer launched into a tirade. What do you mean you're not open on Sundays? Hello? Didn't you hear me? Well, I guess not everyone works as hard as I do. I can't go anywhere else, Claudia. You're the best manicurist in Malibu. Anyway, I'm heading down the highway now. I'll be there in 20 minutes. 
Claudia sighed as the call clicked off. She didn't want to lose a customer, especially one who spent so much on nails. She'd go over to the salon and set the record straight. Sundays were for church and family. She wouldn't budge on that. Dakota Hathaway barely noticed that the salon was deserted when she arrived half an hour later. She was too focused on her hand. It was an absolute mess. Everything had to be perfect for her dinner meeting with Diane von Pfeffenheimer. If things went correctly, this time next week, her new makeup line would debut at Diane's latest fashion show. She'd found the perfect sushi place, booked the perfect string quartet, picked the perfect dress. But when her assistant, Mark, opened her car door that morning, he managed to slam it directly into her hand. Two of her acrylics were completely gone, and the rest were chipped, cracked messes. She needed it fixed. Now. If even one thing was off, she could kiss her dream goodbye. As soon as Claudia arrived a few moments later, Dakota thrust her hand into the older woman's face. Look at this mess, she said. You need to fix it. But to Dakota's surprise, Claudia gently pushed her hand away. She reiterated that she never worked on Sundays. It's bad luck to cut nails on the Sabbath. My grandmother always said to do so is to invite the devil. Oh, give me a break, Dakota replied. I'm the best client you've got at this dump. I don't care about your dumb superstition. Do you know what I could do to you just for fun? I've got thousands of followers. If I give an honest review of this hellhole, you'll never paint nails again. So why don't you stop wasting my time and get the nail glue? Without waiting for an answer, Dakota walked over to the waiting chair and plopped into it. Mark, looking apologetic, followed suit. Claudia stiffened. She was beyond sick of Dakota's princess act. She'd listened to Dakota whine about her problems for years. She'd put up with rude comments about her clothes, her shop, and her income. Last year, she'd even let Dakota use her dump of a shop, as she'd called it, for a photo shoot. When Dakota put it online, she didn't even credit the right nail salon. Claudia had put up with it all. But taking her Sunday, her time with family, that was the final straw. If she wants new nails, Claudia thought, that's what she'll get. She walked to the back of the store and retrieved a small carved wooden box. When she returned to the nail table, she apologized to Dakota. She never meant to offend her best customer. In fact, she wanted to give her something special on the house. She opened the box. Inside was a bottle of the most beautiful nail polish Dakota had ever seen. It was pure gold, and the swirling pattern seemed to shimmer and shift even as she stared at it. One look at this color, and Diane von Pfeffenheimer would lose it. So yeah, it would do in a pinch. Dakota didn't notice as Claudia finished on the last nail. Claudia stood towering above Dakota and held her clawed hands aloft. She said, With these nails come a warning. 
Cut them on Monday, you cut them for health. Cut them on Tuesday, you cut them for wealth. Cut them on Wednesday, you cut them for news. Cut them on Thursday, a new pair of shoes. Cut them on Friday, you cut them for sorrow. Cut them on Saturday, see your true love tomorrow. Cut them on Sunday, the devil will be with you all the week. As Claudia said these last words, she looked skyward, feeling an electric pulse pass from her fingers to Dakota's. She looked back down, ready to see the shock in her client's face. No, no, it needs to be in portrait mode, Dakota yelled. Mark stammered an apology and continued to take photos of Dakota's new nails. Dakota looked up at Claudia, removing her earbud. Did you say something? She asked. Oh well, Claudia thought. She'll learn. Soon enough. After she'd finally left the salon, the dinner with Diane von Pfeffenheimer went off without a hitch. Dakota was dazzling. She'd even shown off her foodie knowledge. When the nigiri arrived, she speared it with her long golden nails and popped it into her mouth. That's how they did it in Japan, she explained. Diane was impressed. And after the check came, she told Dakota she'd made her decision. The new Dakota Hathaway line would be the only makeup featured at her Saturday show. This was the beginning of a beautiful partnership. The next morning, however, Dakota wasn't feeling so hot. In fact, she felt miserable. When she arrived at brunch and Mark handed her her hazelnut latte, just the smell of it caused a wave of nausea to pass through her body. Before she could think, she grabbed the nearest container and vomited. Unfortunately for Mark, the nearest container was his Ralph Lauren messenger bag. Dakota handed the bag back to him when she was finished. He asked if she needed a doctor, but she waved him off. It was just some bad sushi, she said. They had more important things to focus on, like inspecting the prototype products for Saturday's show. They're in the bag, Mark said. He paused, then added, Underneath the vomit? Dakota stared at him. Well, go clean them, she demanded. Mark sighed and scurried off, bag in hand. As the week went on, it really started to feel like someone was messing with Dakota. Things just kept going wrong. On Tuesday, Mark burst into her office, panting. He'd been ordering supplies for the fashion show launch and her platinum card wasn't working. In fact, none of her cards were working. Dakota logged on to find her bank accounts were the same. It wasn't identity theft. It was something stranger. When she pulled up her accounts, the text flickered, changing to strange symbols and back again. And with each key she pressed, her balance marched steadily downwards. Wednesday was no better. When Dakota came into the office, everyone was whispering about her. Mark had to break the bad news. He showed her the front page of TMZ. There, in full, glorious color, was Dakota projectile vomiting into Mark's bag. 
The headline read, Hathaway's Vomit Comet. Spokesmodels pull out of beauty brand launch after Dakota loses her brunch. Dakota clocked the worried look on Mark's face. She said, It doesn't mean anything. They'll forget about it in a week. Mark wasn't so sure. He asked if she remembered what Claudia told her at the salon. Dakota shook her head in confusion. She had no idea what he was talking about. Mark continued, Monday for health, Tuesday for wealth, and now Wednesday for news? Dakota, I think something weird's going on here. Dakota waved him away. Disasters always happen before opening night. What they needed to do was focus on getting the makeup launch perfect. Still, he might be right, she thought as she tapped nervously on her desk. Something felt weird, like her nails. She couldn't shake the feeling that the golden points were longer than they should be. By Thursday night, as she watched Mark desperately trying to tug her shoes off her feet, she finally realized that something was wrong. Her fingernails stretched nearly three inches, the points starting to curl over, and her toenails were like knives, stabbing the insides of her Louboutins and locking them to her feet. Pull harder! She yelled at Mark, a hint of desperation creeping into her voice. But it was too late. Dakota shrieked as her toenails burst through the front of her shoes. She yelled at Mark. What am I supposed to do now? I look like Bigfoot. Mark shrugged. I guess Claudia was right. Dakota glared at him. Remember that rhyme? He said. Cut them on Thursday. A new pair of shoes. Every day, something bad has happened that follows Claudia's rhyme. Dakota blazed with anger. She knew Claudia had always been jealous of her. After all, who wouldn't be? But she hadn't realized the dumb superstitions she always talked about were real. That witch! If she's doing this, I'm going to make her pay. Mark, clear my schedule tomorrow. We're going back to the salon. It was almost midnight on Friday, and Claudia was finally closing the shop for the day. It had been a slow week, but Claudia didn't mind. She'd even taken a beach day with her grandsons to make up for missing Sunday. She was thinking about taking them to the museum when Dakota burst through the door. By now, she was hobbling, her toenails poking through the bright green crocs she'd managed to stuff her feet into. Her fingernails, still brilliantly golden, were now several inches long and twisting back on themselves. You! Dakota bellowed as Mark scurried through the door. Ever since you put this junk on my nails, my life has been going to hell. What did you do to me? Claudia smiled and locked the front door. She said, Interesting choice of words. I told you. That polish comes with a curse. Cut them on Monday, you cut them for health. Cut them on Tuesday, you cut them for wealth. Cut them on Wednesday, you cut them for news. Cut them on Thursday, a new pair of shoes. Cut them on Friday, you cut them for sorrow. 
Cut them on Saturday. See your true love tomorrow. Cut them on Sunday. The devil will be with you all the week. Dakota fumed. It all started to make sense. The sushi she'd eaten with her hands had made her sick. The credit cards and bank accounts. She typed her password using her nails. Everything they touched had become a disaster. And all of it was Claudia's fault. Dakota said, Take it off. I have a product launch in just over 24 hours. I can't have this voodoo, hoodoo, whatever it is going on. And I promise you, the second this is over, I'll slap you with so many lawsuits, no magic will help you. Claudia laughed. A cough came from behind Dakota, and she turned to see Mark waving her over. Dakota, threatening Claudia was what got you into this mess. Dakota steamed. She could kick him. She really could. But even as she raised her foot, she glanced down and saw her impossibly long toenails. Ugh, he was right. So she tried a different tactic. With a smile that looked more like a grimace, she apologized. I'm, uh, sorry for being rude or whatever. Is there anything that can stop the curse? Claudia nodded. Yes, there was, she explained. The only cure for a curse was a blessing. Perhaps one like a reliquary carrying the nails of Julia of Corsica, patron saint of the hands and feet. And funnily enough, Claudia just so happened to own that particular reliquary. So you'll give it to me? Dakota asked impatiently. Claudia laughed again. Absolutely not. You're a vain little brat. Some humility will do you good. Dakota saw red. Her big chance was being ground into the dust in front of her, and all Claudia could do was laugh? Before she could stop herself, she raised her hand to slap Claudia. Dakota realized too late that it wasn't heading for her cheek. Time seemed to slow as Dakota watched the long golden nails swing wide and slice five deep lines into Claudia's neck. For one impossibly long moment, the two women stared at one another in stunned silence. Then, Claudia's throat erupted in a spray of crimson blood. She gasped and toppled forward, crashing to the floor. Dakota hopped backward out of the way as the dying woman flailed and gurgled before her. Damaged or not, she was not about to get blood on her Louboutins. Coming up, Dakota challenges fate. Imagine living with a secret so big that if anyone ever found out, it would change everything. Imagine carrying that secret with you every day, desperate to one day get it off your chest. Do you think you could take a secret like that to the grave? I'm Estefania Hageman, host of the new podcast series, Deathbed Confessions, the show where we dive deep into the most explosive things people have admitted to while drawing their last breath. From murder, fake identities, 
heists, illicit affairs, and even top government secrets. This season on Deathbed Confessions, we investigate cases like Frank Thorogood, the construction worker who claimed that the drowning of Rolling Stones founder Brian Jones was no accident. Margaret Gibson, a silent film actress who, while dying of a heart attack, confessed to one of the most famous unsolved crimes in Hollywood history. And ex-CIA officer Howard Hunt, who on his deathbed, confessed to playing a role in the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Deathbed Confessions is a Spotify original from Parcast, airing episodes weekly starting July 21st. Follow and listen to Deathbed Confessions for free on Spotify. Now, back to the story. Dakota stood in the nail salon, staring down at the manicurist's corpse. Claudia had stopped moving, but blood continued to seep from the deep slash in her throat. The slash from Dakota's cursed nails. She felt the raging fire in her belly fizzle out. What had she done? Mark was the first to move. As Dakota stared at the body, still dumbfounded, he ran to the windows and closed the curtains. Then he headed for the supply closet at the rear of the store. Dakota was still standing in the same position, staring at her bloody nails, when he returned with a mop and an armload of trash bags. Dakota, he said, I need your help. We have to get her out of here. Dakota looked at Mark, shell-shocked. What am I going to do? She asked. If they find out about this, they'll cancel the show. Mark responded. No one will ever find out about this. It took them hours to get Claudia wrapped up in a tarp and clean the blood off the floor. Of course, it didn't help that Mark kept stopping every few minutes to look at his phone. Stop that and help me, Dakota said, heaving Claudia's body through the back door. I am helping, Mark said, and handed her the phone. It was logged into Dakota's own social media account, where she had apparently just uploaded photos from a club. As far as the world knows, you're partying in West Hollywood right now. Dakota blinked in surprise. Maybe Mark wasn't so useless after all. Dakota and Mark hefted Claudia out behind the nail salon where the building backed up to a rugged Malibu cliff. They dragged her into a grove of sycamore trees far enough into the wilderness that no one would notice the disturbed earth. Lacking a shovel, Mark used his tablet to dig a small hole. Dakota scooped out the sides with her nails, being very careful not to cut herself or Mark. They rolled Claudia into the shallow grave and stood back. Should we say a few words? Mark asked. Dakota picked up a clod of dirt, thought for a moment, then shrugged. You did say Friday would bring sorrow. Shouldn't have cursed me, I guess. She dropped the dirt into the grave. I almost forgot, Mark said, digging through his pockets. He produced a small glass vial on a silver chain and handed it to Dakota. The saint's fingernails? I found them in the back room of the salon. Dakota's mouth 
fell open. She looked from the reliquary to Mark. Then she threw her arms around him. Mark, I don't know what I'd do without you, she said, hugging him tight. She really meant it too. The way he'd effortlessly imitated her on social media, he'd really saved her bacon. But then, a dark thought crossed her mind. Mark on her phone, having access to her whole life, posting photos. Maybe he'd even taken some too. If he had any proof of what happened tonight, then that was it. He could make her do anything. At least, if she was in his position, that's what she'd do. She couldn't let that happen. She repeated, Mark, I don't know what I'd do without you, but you are the only other witness to all this. Guess I'll have to learn. She raised her hand to his face and in one fluid motion sunk her knife-like nails deep into his right temple. Mark blinked in surprise as a thin trickle of blood streamed from one nostril. His lips moved noiselessly as if he had forgotten how to speak. Then, with great effort, he managed to whisper three words. I love you. Dakota reached forward and plucked the reliquary out of his hand, holding it between two long nails. Poor Mark, she said. Everybody loves me, darling. Then she drew her blood-soaked fingernail out of his skull. Mark teetered on the edge of the hole just for a moment before falling in, coming to a rest face to face with Claudia. Dakota looked down at the bodies, shrugged, and started shoveling dirt over them with her nails. Once she had the grave filled in, Dakota checked her watch. 12.47 a.m. It was Saturday morning, the day of the show. Time to put an end to this darn curse. Dakota examined the reliquary. It was a tiny silver box on a silver chain with a small glass door on the front of the box. Peering through it, Dakota could just make out a small amount of dust. The remains of a saint's toenails, she realized. Ew, said Dakota, lifting the chain over her head and dropping it so it hung around her neck. Her nails glowed a sickly green, and almost immediately the golden polish grew thick and runny. It mixed with Mark's blood, dripping off her fingers in great crimson droplets. Before her eyes, her nails shrank back to their original size. Her toenails vanished into her boots. The curse had lifted. The opportunity of a lifetime was just in a few hours. Now, nothing stood in Dakota's way. Adrenaline coursed through Dakota's veins as guests arrived at the fashion show. The venue was a cliffside Malibu mansion, the runway coming to an end in front of the sparkling Pacific Ocean. Everywhere she looked, beautiful people sipped cocktails and mingled. Dakota beamed, 
In this entire party, her name was the one on everyone's lips. Everybody wanted to know all about Dakota Hathaway, Diane von Pfeffenheimer's newest obsession. Dakota played nervously with the reliquary around her neck as the lights dimmed and the patrons took their seats. This was it. Finally, all her hard work, everything she'd put up with the last week, would be worth it. It felt like no time before she was waiting backstage to go on. She could see Diane standing at a podium, introducing the designers that had contributed to the show. She took one last look at herself in the floor-length mirrors that covered the entire backstage. Her hair was a perfectly quaffed bun, her dress a sleek, skin-tight golden gown. She inspected her nails one final time. Short, red, and as far as she could tell, absolutely normal. On stage, Diane was speaking about her. And the makeup for tonight's event, I'm so proud to say. I've partnered with a young woman who reminds me of myself at her age. Beautiful, intelligent, and willing to do whatever it takes to make her dreams a reality. My friends, please give a warm welcome to Dakota Hathaway. Dakota beamed as she stepped onto the stage. Then, a wave of blue light rippled through the audience, the guests' phones buzzing and dinging with new messages. Dakota frowned, confused. The crowd's energy was no longer that of adoration. Guests murmured to each other, a tone of hushed concern in their voices. Though Dakota couldn't make out what they were saying, she snapped to attention when she realized Everyone was repeating her name. Then, her own phone buzzed in her pocket. She slipped it out and glanced at the message on the screen, a breaking news story from the LA Times. The blood drained from Dakota's face as she recognized a photo of the front of Claudia's salon covered in police tape. The headline read, Influencer Wanted for Malibu Murders. And there, Directly below was a picture of Dakota. She was so focused on her phone that she didn't see the microphone cord until it was too late. Dakota tripped over it and sailed through the air, landing with a sickening crunch in front of the podium. She pushed herself to her knees and clutched at her neck, feeling desperately for the reliquary. It wasn't there. Instead, the talisman lay shattered on the stage. All that remained of St. Julia's fingernails was a small, powdery pile of dust. Dakota tried desperately to gather it into her hands, but each time she picked it up, more and more scattered across the stage. Dakota struggled to her feet. It was impossible. None of this was supposed to be happening. This was her night. But there, in front of her, she could see the fashion designers and makeup artists pointing at her, whispering to their friends. She had to get out of here. She took one step and stumbled. Looking down, she realized her toenails had burst out of her strappy sandals and caught on the red carpet-lined stage. 
She stared at her hands in horror as her nails glowed gold once more and started growing. She rushed down the runway, headed for the back of the crowd. Her toenails tore through the carpet, gouging deep scores in the wood beneath. Diane yelled into the microphone for someone to stop her. Dakota jumped down into an aisle. People gasped. Her fingernails slashed. Audience members jumped out of her way. She had to get out of here. There, a break in the crowd. She could see a small walkway at the back of the yard where flat stones marked a path along the Malibu cliffside. Her way out. She broke free from the mass of people and stumbled forward onto the narrow path. She hurried, being careful to cling close to the cliffside. On her right was a sheer rock face going up. To her left, nothing but the ocean, hundreds of feet down. She just had to focus. Once she got free of the party, she could steal a car, change her name, go someplace where no one would ever find her. Just a few more minutes and she would be home free. Even as she thought this, she couldn't help but feel like she was forgetting something. She whispered the rhyme to herself, repeating it like a mantra. Cut them on Monday, you cut them for health. Cut them on Tuesday, you cut them for wealth. Cut them on Wednesday, you cut them for news. Cut them on Thursday, a new pair of shoes. Cut them on Friday, you cut them for sorrow. Cut them on Saturday, see your true love tomorrow. Dakota had been so focused on the rhyme, she hadn't noticed the path getting thinner. She missed her footing, stumbling forward over her impossibly long toenails. With a shriek, she dug her nails into the cliff face, trying not to fall into the sea below. Below her, a dark shadow rose upward from the sea floor. She looked down to see the rim of an impossibly large, gaping pit break through the waves. Flames shot upwards, the heat blistering the bottom of her feet. From somewhere far below, she heard echoing laughter. Cut them on Sunday. The devil will be with you all the week. <laughs> With that thought, Dakota's golden fingernails ripped free of the cliffside, breaking through the rock like paper mache. She screamed and plummeted downwards, disappearing through the mouth of the fiery pit. You may not give much thought to your finger and toenails beyond choosing a nail polish color as your local manicurist, but for some, cutting your nails on certain days can bring luck or danger. It's all in the timing. In India, children are cautioned not to trim their nails at night as it can bring bad fortune. In parts of Eastern Europe, mothers are warned not to cut their child's nails before their first birthday. If they do, their baby may never learn to speak properly. In these cases, the warnings may have a practical purpose. Avoiding cutting your nails at night when lighting is poor could be intended to avoid accidentally cutting yourself and risking an infection. 
The question of when it is safe to cut a newborn's nails is a timeless debate amongst parents. The rhyme used in today's story is an old one from England that dictates when to cut your nails. While most days of the week bring a positive blessing, like health, wealth, news or shoes, others bring sadness and misfortune. The most stirring line is, of course, the commandment against cutting your nails on a Sunday. If you do, the devil will be with you all the week. While it's not entirely clear who first wrote this rhyme, the warning clearly references Judeo-Christian scripture. According to the biblical book of Genesis, God created the earth in six days. He blessed the seventh day as a day of rest. Following this tradition, the ancient Israelites that worshipped God observed the seventh day of the week, Saturday, as a Sabbath, a holy day for rest and prayer. As Christianity took hold in the first century CE, the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday. So the final line of the rhyme may be a reminder to observe the holy day by not doing any work, even work as innocuous as cutting your nails. The warning suggests that even this seemingly small transgression opens you up to the influence of the evil one. So while idle hands may be the devil's workshop, it seems that he likes them freshly manicured. Thanks again for listening to Superstitions. We will be back Wednesday with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Superstitions and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Until next time, be wary of the things you cannot explain. Superstitions is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brendan Hawkins, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Superstitions was written by Molly Quinlan with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher, fact-checking by Anya Bailey and research by Brian Petrus. I'm Alastair Murden. <laughs>